through some scripture this morning, and there's a place that I want to get to. But I want to talk about hope. Say hope. Hope. Come on, say hope. hope. I mean, there is hope. God has a purpose for hope. And we're going to look at some different things today. But I want you to know that there is hope, even with Eden, in the midst of what she's going through, for healing to take place in her body. There is hope, even with Terry, in what he's walking through after that accident that almost claimed his life, that there is hope in the midst of that situation. Can I get an amen? I want you to know that there's hope, even with Reagan's situation, and where her body may be physically hurting and things that are taking place, there is hope. I want you to know there's hope, even when we see little Zach, and, and he was metaflighted just the day after he was born, and it looked like a difficult situation. There is hope. In these situations and others, there's a tremendous amount of hope. So let's take a look and let's define very quickly what hope is. Hope literally means to anticipate, usually with pleasure, the expectation or confidence. To anticipate with pleasure is good, the expectation or the confidence. And it can be abstractly or concretely, you can say, something good is about to happen. You want to say that with me? Say that with me. Something good is about to happen. Okay, now turn to your neighbor and tell them. Something good is about to happen. What about your other neighbor? Something good is about to happen. That's hope. I could see hope go to another level this morning just by saying something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Webster's defines hope as a desire for some good accompanied with the expectation of obtaining it. The desire for something good accompanied with the expectation of what? Obtaining it. Hope is, let's, let's get that. We've got to have hope. We've got to have hope. Hope is the expectation of something good that's about to happen. There is hope when life is hard and you feel like quitting. There is hope when you feel isolated and all alone. And you want to stop. There is hope when you are born with a physical or mental challenge. There is hope. There's hope when you've lost a family member. Or you've lost a loved one. Maybe you were believing for their complete healing and, and they received it maybe differently than what you thought they received it. But there is hope. Say hope. There's hope when you have a job. And the company downsizes and they have to let you go. There is hope if you're looking for employment today. There is hope when a person goes through a divorce. Or a family member or a parent or parents all of a sudden don't get along and there's separation. There is hope when you get a bad report from a doctor. I want you to know that there's hope this morning. There is hope if you break a bone. There is hope if you, if you sever a tendon or a ligament. There is hope. There is hope when Alzheimer's sets in. And a person that you used to love and care for doesn't know you any longer. There is hope when, when dementia may set in. And you look at that person and they can't figure out who you are. They don't understand who you are. There is hope. Say hope. 
There is hope when you don't pass a test at school. There is hope when maybe you get a poor grade. There is hope. There's hope when you get passed over for that promotion that maybe you've worked hard for and you think that you deserve or you should get and you get passed over. There is hope. There's hope when the stock market crashes and you've got your retirement, everything invested in it, and all of a sudden the stock market crashes and you lose everything that you have in there. There is hope. Tell your neighbor there is hope. There's hope when you are behind bars and you don't know where to go. There is hope when you have a loved one that is behind bars and you're not sure about their plan or purpose or their destiny. I want you to know that God says there is hope today. There's hope if you've been raped, if you've been molested, if you've been beaten or abused. There is hope. There is hope if you've been wrongly accused, there's hope if there's any part of hurting, not only physically, mentally, emotionally, there's hope. There's hope if a loved one turns their back on you and you don't understand why or how. There is hope in the middle of pain, in the middle of hurt, in the middle of discouragement. There is hope for every situation. There is no situation that you may come up against. There is no situation that you may be involved in. There is no situation that you may have part of. That there is no hope. There is hope for every situation. There is hope for marriages that are struggling. There is hope for parents that are trying to parent. There is hope for kids that are coming in to their destiny and plan and purpose. There is hope for every situation in your life. I want to tell you today that there is what? Everybody. Tell your neighbor there's hope. Turn to the other neighbor and say there's hope. Say I'm glad to hear today that there is some hope. Amen? No matter when life storms blow, there is hope. In the midst of the storm, can I get an amen? So let's turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. I just want to just talk a little bit about it. If you weren't here last or or the Sunday before, please go on our website. We want to welcome those that are listening via the internet this morning. We bless you and we, we want you to know that there is hope for the situations that we have. Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody there say, I'm there. Anybody not? You can look at the screen. We're going to go through it. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's look at verses 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Plans to give you what? Hope. Going to give you hope and a future. Now, we love that scripture and we quote that scripture, but what about the rest of it? Let's take this in the full context. He says this, Then... When you know that God has hope for you in every situation, in every circumstance, what you're believing God for, that expectation, that anticipation of something good that's going to happen, he says, then you will call upon me. And you will come and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will what? Seek me. You're going to seek me. And when you seek me, you're going to find me. How many of you like to seek something and be able to find it?
<laughs> I love to be able to seek something and be able to find it today. You want to be able to seek him and find him. Find him in the midst of that hurricane. Find him in the midst of the storm. Find him in the midst of the turmoil or the difficulty that you may be going through. That's the expectation that God wants us to have is hope. Say hope. So Jeremiah is talking to the nation of Israel. And you know they were, they were at a place where they were driven into exile. Israel was at a place where it was driven into exile. And the Lord began to speak through Jeremiah. And there were prophets that were saying, you're only going to be in exile for a very short time. To me, a short time is less than 70 years. But they were going to be in exile for 70 years. And Jeremiah, when he prophesied this, when he spoke this forth, was telling the nation of Israel, there is redemption. It might be 70 years, but you're coming out. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you hearing me this morning? There might be a situation or a circumstance that you are up against today that in there is a situation that you're coming out. Say, I'm coming out. out. Come on, tell the neighbor, you're coming out. Say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I'm coming out because I got hope. I got hope. And Jeremiah was speaking this forth. They were going to be coming out of exile. It might be 70 years, but they're coming out of exile. So a couple scriptures I want to share with you this morning is number one, that, that hope is, talks about salvation. Hope talks about salvation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. Let's just go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. It's in the New Testament. If you're not sure where it is, look at the very front of your Bible. Look at your concordance and then find 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, But since we are of the day... Let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith. Does this sound like another scripture that we might know? And he talks about it in Ephesians. But he says, let's put on the breastplate of faith and love. Then he has a a reference and he says, and as a helmet, the what? Hope of salvation. We got any people that like football in here? Anybody that's played football at ever, ever in here, okay? Isn't it tough to go out on the field without a helmet on? Hello? If Tony Romo went out on the field without a helmet on and began to call signals, the defense would be going, I'm taking him out. Right? I mean, think about it. If one of the most important components of a team goes out onto the field and is ready to play but doesn't have a helmet on, that other team is going to go after his head. Let's look at another scripture that I want us to look at. This is, this is in the NIV version. This is what it says. It says, but since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled. Again, putting on faith, putting on love as a breastplate. And then he uses the scripture and says, hope of salvation as what? A helmet. Hope of salvation as a helmet. We know we talk about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, and we talk about the helmet of salvation. And he says, take the what? The helmet of salvation. Would it be proper for me to say, take the helmet of hope, of the salvation, of the Lord, right? And he says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Say helmet. So we begin to see a symbol that he's talking about the hope can be the helmet of salvation. 
the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. I put the helmet of salvation on. I put the helmet, the helmet of hope. The hope of my salvation. The hope, I put that on. And guess what? I'm obviously putting on the helmet because I'm going into battle. I'm putting on hope because we're going into battle. You are not liked. You have an enemy that does not like you. And you shouldn't like him. Amen? But we're talking about the helmet of salvation. So I began to meditate on this. And I thought, God, I see where you're, you're, you're bringing us to in hope. There is an anticipation, an excitement, a pleasure of getting to experience something that maybe you've been believing God for. Something that you have hope. And hope is good. I want you to know hope is a good thing. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. And let's look at chapter 6. And I just want to lay out a couple scriptures. Hebrews chapter 6. I want to read through verses 9 through 20. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. And things that accompany salvation. Though we are speaking in this way, God is not unjust as to forget your work. And the love which you've shown towards his name and having ministered and still ministering to the saints. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you will not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath was given as a confirmation to an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose imposed with an oath. Who is those that inherit a promise? Are you a believer in Christ? You inherit a promise. He's talking to us today. In the same way God desires even to show to the heirs of the promise, verse 17, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have taken refuge. Would ha- we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of this hope set before us. It's a hope that's set before us. Do you see that? And verse 19, and this hope, this anticipation, <laughs> this expectation... This pleasure that is set before us, we have an anchor to our soul. This hope is an anchor to our soul. And hope, it's sure, steadfast, in which one enters the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. We look at verse 19. I want to have you put verse 19 up. And I want us to look at that. This hope is an anchor. This hope is an anchor. This hope is an anchor. So you know what this is? Anybody know what this is? It's an anchor. 
It's a little anchor, but it's an anchor, right? This is an, actually an anchor to, uh, to Sidus. And do you know that this anchor can be lowered into the water, and as you move the Sidu, it grabs the dirt and it causes it to be stabilized. Are you with me? So let's take a look at some anchors. This is a small anchor. What about these big anchors here? Some of these anchors have to go to ships that some of the ships can weigh between 14,500 ton. A ton is 2,000 pounds. 14,500 ton up to 60,000 ton. 60,000 ton. They have to hold that ship. They have to hold that ship from drifting. They have to hold that shift from moving. So we've got two different anchors. They look a little bit alike. But let me show you the next one. Let's look at this other anchor. This anchor here is like a gold anchor. That's a cool looking anchor, isn't it? This an- those anchors are bigger than this anchor. But see, what I want you to understand is when hope... He says, hope is an anchor for our soul. So let's say this is this post is the soul. And then hope is, is an anchor for that. And, and what happens is, see, an anchor really is not the only thing that matters. See, what really does matter is the cable or the rope that goes to the anchor. So if I'm saying that, that this is an anchor... For my soul. Then I'm anchored to something, aren't I? So I've got to be able to be anchored to something. Are you with me? That's an anchor. So what does this anchor do? If I want to come on over here, I can only go so far. If I'm drifting a little to the right, then it will only let me go so far. A ship has to lower anchor in order to get to the shore. Because it can't, most ships can't just run right up on the shore. But there is an anchor. And this says, this is an anchor. Hope is an anchor to my soul. Hope is an anchor to my soul. Now I know my soul is what? My mind, my will, and emotions. And my soul wants to go over here, but yet hope is an anchor that when I... I, 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 I I want to get there, but, but maybe I'm anchored. I'm anchored. Maybe I'm headed in the wrong direction, and I'm going this way, and all of a sudden, I can't go that way. All of a sudden, I'm anchored to hope because hope is something good, right? Hope is something good. I want to stay hooked to something good. So if I head for something that may not be good for me, and I'm headed that way, and I can't go anywhere because the anchor of hope is holding me here, then I know there's going to be something good that's going to take place. I know that I'm going to be able to receive something good in the spiritual realm. Come on, are you with me this morning? So he says, I have an anchor for my soul. And he says that hope is both what? Sure and steadfast. And sure and steadfast. I'm anchored to something. I'm not anchored to something like with my sea dew. It might move because the waters get 
heavier and more frequent and the waves come in and a big wave could move this little bitty anchor. When the storms of life come, what are you anchored to? When the storms of life come, are you anchored to the hope? Are you anchored to the hope in Christ? Are you anchored to Jesus Christ? Are you anchored to the cross? Are you anchored to those things? When, when things don't look good and situations maybe even turn even more difficult, what are you anchored to? What is it that you're, are you anchored to hope, saying, hey, something good's going to head my way. Oh, I'm talking about, oh, I, I, I want to go this way. My soul wants to go that way, but my spirit says, no, 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 no. They just stay anchored, just stay anchored. So I just kind of rise and fall with the tide. Are you with me? So a ship is out there, and it's anchored to hope, and I'm just rising and falling with the tide. I need to go there. I want to go there. may not be good if I go there, but I'm rising and falling with the tide because I still have hope. I'm anchored to what? I'm anchored to hope. It says the hope is like an anchor for my soul. A hope is like an anchor to my soul. So we're getting to a place where we're anchored. So the things that I used to do, I don't have to do any longer. You know why? Because I'm anchored to hope. And God's got something good for me. Something good's on the way. Oh, come on, somebody. Because you're anchored to hope, something good's on the way. Say that. Something good's on the way. Come on, tell three people something good's on the way. Something good, something good is on the way. So we're anchored to this hope. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Let's, let's just look at a couple scriptures this morning. Are you anchored to your hope? Is the situation you're looking at, is it hopeless? Or are you anchored to it? Are you at a place where I'm not being moved? I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm staying anchored. When difficult times come your way, Shane, are you going to stay anchored? Are you going to still have the hope of God? Are you going to be able to say, wait a minute, I've got hope in Christ. I've got hope in eternity. I've got hope where God wants me to be. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 28 through 39. Verse 28. In Romans chapter 7, go back and read this sometime. You're going to see Paul is struggling. He says, there's things that I want to do that I don't do. And things that I don't want to do, I keep doing. I'm really struggling with some different things. And in chapter 8, It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the spirit of the law of life has set me free from the spirit of sin and death. The the Holy Spirit obviously shows up on the scene. And in verse 28, we quote that a lot. Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28, we say, well, you know, he's always working things out for our good. Isn't that right? Well, let's go back to verse 26. Because our victory is in Christ. Paul is saying, hey, if you're led by the Spirit, you're going to have what the Spirit wants. If you're led by your flesh, your soul, you're going to have what your soul wants. He says, be Spirit-minded, be Spirit-led. Are you with me? I want to be able to be Spirit-minded and be Spirit-led in every area of my life. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. The Holy Spirit is here to help our weakness. Help where you're weak. Because when you are weak, he is what? Strong. He's our strong power. He's our strong king. Strong and mighty. Strong and mighty. Mighty in battle. That's our God. 
So the Spirit is to help our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes with the saints according to the will of God. Do you know what those two verses are talking about? It's praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. They precede Romans 8.28. A lot of times we just pull Romans 8.28 out and don't even see that he's talking about the Spirit and what the Spirit does. It searches the deep things of God. Hello? Then look at Romans 8.28. Let's just go right into it. He says, And we know that God causes all things, all things to work together for the good. God's working it out, isn't he? Huh? He's causing all things, no matter what the enemy tries to bring against you, God's going to turn it for his good. Can I get an amen? No matter what's taking place, as long as you're anchored to hope, God's going to turn some things for you. And he says, for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, and that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Say, that's me. That's me. That's you. If you're in Christ, that's you. Verse 31. And what shall I say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? How many times do we let our situation... How many times do we let our circumstances just bring us down? How many times do we get to the place where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why am I so thinking this negative thoughts? Why am I having these negative feelings? Why am I even going there? Because if God is for me, and he's for you, he's for you to be healed, delivered, set free. If God is for me, who can be against me? In other words, I don't care how big you think other things are. God is bigger and better. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? It's like, wait a minute. Hey, whatever's coming against you, compared to God, it should just be smaller. Let me go on. Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is the one who died. Yes, rather who was raised at the right hand of the Father also intercedes for us. Who will, I love this part right here, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Are you kidding me? We got a world that says that nobody loves me. You come into Christ, you're not going to be separated from the love of Christ. Who's going who's to separate you? That's what I'm asking. Who's going who's to separate you? Who's going to separate you? He says right here, who, who is the one who condemns Christ, who is also, excuse me, let me go back. 35. He will, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, anybody been through some tribulation in their life? Where were you anchored to? It's blowing! 
I'm drifting. Pastor, I'm drifting. I'm drifting. Wait a minute. I'm not drifting any longer. Okay. I'll ride out the storm. Hey, yeah. Woohoo. Yeah, baby. Bring on the wind. Bring on the waves. Why? Because I'm anchored. I'm anchored. I'm anchored. I'm anchored. Paul was shipwrecked more than once, three times. I'm thinking, how many of us would go through a shipwreck once and twice and then get back on a ship? I got some over here that are like, after the first time, I ain't getting back on that ship. How many of you would get on an airplane after it went down once? Would you get back on it and fly? You know why? Paul was anchored. He said, even in the midst of this shipwreck, when I get done, I got hope. My soul is anchored to hope. I got hope. God's called me to do what he's called me to do, and I got some hope up in here. I got some hope. I got some expectation of something good that's going to happen no matter what I am coming up against. No matter what, the storms may rage and the waves may roll. I am anchored to the things of God, and I got some hope up in here. So he got back on the ship, and they got shipwrecked again and again, and he was still anchored to hope. This is who's talking. Verse 36, verse 35. Will tribulation? What's going to knock you away from the love of God? Tribulation? Nope, not going to do it. How about distress? Woo! Anybody in some distress? It's some tough times. I'm a preacher. It's tough. It's hard. I'm so stressed. It's not going to stop God from loving you. How about persecution? We weren't persecuted like they were persecuted. You couldn't have a meeting like we're having today. They come in, drag you out, stone you with real rocks. How about famine? Anybody hungry? The land's still producing. We've still got food. How about nakedness? Anybody stripped you naked, sent you out of, out, of, out of town, dropped you off? How about or peril or the sword? Verse 36, just as it is written, For your sake will we, we being put to death all day long. In other words, we're dying of our selfish nature. We're dying of our soulish nature. I'm dying of those things and the, and the anchor that keeps me hooked to the things of hope keeps me from drifting too far away. Oh, come on. There's somebody here today that maybe feel like they drifted too far away because they weren't anchored to hope. Maybe you've come to a place where you've drifted and God wants just to bring you back. God wants to have you hooked up with the anchor of hope. Verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. Not just barely get in. Overwhelmingly conquer. No, no. This is like not just beating a team by three points and a last-second field goal to win it by one. This is annihilating, overwhelmingly annihilating a team and beating them 76 to nothing. Somebody said, well, the third string got in. Yeah, they did. 
Then in the fourth quarter, they got 12 people out of the stands and said, who wants to get down here and play? And they scored two more touchdowns. Hello? We're talking about overwhelmingly conquer. Overwhelmingly conquer. Say, I'm a conqueror. I, I'm a conqueror, man. I'm, wait a minute. I am, I am anchored, and that's okay. The anchor's a good thing. Because I got hope. In the situation that I'm in, I got some hope. In the situation of what's going on, I got some hope. Don't you understand how difficult things are? No, don't you understand how big my God is? And how much God loves me. And He loves me in the midst of my tribulation. He loves me in the midst of my distress. He loves me in the midst of my persecution. He loves me in the midst of my famine. He still loves me. Hallelujah. That ought to, somebody ought to be jumping up and down and shouting, shouting and doing cartwheels or something. I know you're not convinced yet. Verse 36 or verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's good news. <laughs> That's good news. I don't have a God that falls asleep on the commode. When Elijah had a battle with the prophets of Baal, if you look it up in the Hebrew, that's actually what it says. Elijah has a battle with the prophets of Baal. He says, you get your God, I get my God. He said, and you got all day long, and they're calling out to their God. Elijah goes, modern day vernacular. What, he can't hear you? Oh, is he on the commode? If you look it up in the Hebrew, that's what it means. He's on the commode, and he's laughing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're cutting themselves to Baal, and they're doing all these different things, trying to get Baal to show up. And then Elijah's like, okay, you're done? You're done because I'm anchored to hope. I know God's fixing to do something in this situation. Oh, you didn't hear me today. I know that God is fixing to do something in your situation because you're anchored to hope. And he poured water on their altar, guys. Poured water. How many of you know wood does not burn when it's wet? Unless you've got to light a lot of lighter fluid. I've gotten wood to burn when it's pretty wet, but a lot of lighter fluid or gas. And all of a sudden, it burned. Are you with me? It burned so much. When the fire came down on the altar that Elijah made for God, it hit that altar and it got on fire and it lapped up all the water that he had poured on there. He was proven to them. Hey, guys, my God's better than your God. And he's saying, Paul was saying, look... God loves you no matter what. And there's no depth. There's no created thing. There's nothing that's going to separate us from the love of God. Hope is a desired good accompanied with expectation of obtaining it. Are you anchored to hope? Are you ready, guys? Are you ready? To, are you ready? Are you anchored to hope? i got a video I want to share with you. I want you to see that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what's going on in your life, if you'll stay anchored to hope, the anchor still holds. Video, video two. Video two. Can we do something with the lights, guys?
Through the long dark night Out on the open sea By faith alone Sight And yet his eyes were watching me The anchor holds Though the ship is battered The anchor holds Though the sail Well, I have fallen on my knees As I face the raging seas But the anchor holds In spite of the storm
Corinthians, you can leave the lights as they were. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Today, you're here, and I want you to be hooked up with the hope I want you to be anchored to the things of God. I want you to be anchored to the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. I want you to stay anchored to hope and in the midst of your situation to be steadfast and immovable. Don't move. Don't quit. Don't give up. Continue to be steadfast and immovable. Let me pray for you today. Father, We thank you that the anchor does hold. That things in this life may be so turbulent at times that we might be battered, we might be beaten, we might be worn. But no matter how life overwhelms us at times and we struggle against the storm, I thank you that the anchor is sound. The anchor is good. The ground is good. I thank you that every man, woman, young men and women of God, they continue to follow after God. They continue in the obedience of faith and they continue to ride out the storm. I thank you for the anchor is safe. The anchor is sure. The anchor is steadfast. And you continue to have hope and expectation and confidence because you are anchored. Your hope is an anchor for your soul. Let you be anchored in the things of God today. If you're here today, and you don't know Jesus, let's come and meet Him. If you're here today, I'm just asking you, where are you with the anchor? Have you lost hope? And maybe things that you've hoped for in a, in a while have not come forth. Maybe you've been disappointed with the things that maybe God hasn't come through. Or maybe that God doesn't love you, but He loves you. Maybe you've come to a place where 
you said, you know what, I need to be anchored. I'm going to stand here with this anchor and this rope. And I'm going to ask you just to come. In closing, and just come and grab this rope. Maybe, maybe you're not anchored. Maybe God wants to anchor you today. I'm just going to hold this rope. I want you just to come and to feel. Come, come. Come and just feel that it's anchored. This is just a small anchor, but I want you to know that God has a huge anchor. And no matter what situation or circumstance you're up against, God said there's hope. There's hope. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. Today, there's some good things that are happening. Today, maybe there's some restored hope. Maybe there's marriages that are broken that God wants to heal. Maybe there's relationships that are broken that God wants to heal. Maybe there's things in your life financially that God wants to heal. Maybe there's things that you're up against that you're saying, God, I I need to be anchored today. Let the hope, the anticipation, the expectation just come forth in your heart.